Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. So Matt, not growing up in the church, as, as everybody knows that listens to us, um, uh, I've always heard about something called the seven deadly sins. Um, it's It's been something that's uh, a little bit terrifying, hmm. actually. Uh, kind of if you commit these sins, then you're going to die. You're going to go to hell. You're going to, you're not going to be able to get to heaven. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people actually believe that I hear all the time people do something wrong or, or, or they say something that's just vulgar or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, I'm, I'm going to go to hell for that. You know? Right. And, and I think people actually believe that just because they do something wrong, that they're going to go to hell. Yeah. I, I think that that thoughts out there and, you know, there's there there's so much confusion. I mean, w- when we call it the seven deadly sins, it kind of comes with that uh, connotation, I guess. You you just kind of think of it that way of like these are the things you have to avoid. And you know, from from what I understand, just digging into a little bit of the history, that was never the intention behind it. And this was a list that a monk put together, you know, way back when in like the fourth century. And the the deadly part of it was not about uh, you're going to go to hell if you do these things, but it was all about for your spiritual life, for your spiritual walk, these are things you should avoid. Mm -hmm. These are things that are going to hurt your walk. But over time, that's really gotten misconstrued into being these like, oh, no, we have to avoid these things. And sin is sin. We've talked about that before, um, that it's... Yeah, none are greater than the others, but we have this concept of the seven deadly sins. It kind of adds some uh, some some spookiness to it, some uh, <laughs> a little extra uh, something there. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, seven deadly sins. That deadly that, sins. That title alone will will spark some fear. I know yeah. you did some research on this um, mm-hmm. for for the listeners, um, and frankly for me too, because <laughs> I didn't know any of this mm-hmm. uh, before today. But when were these these this list of sins? formulated so it was back probably i think it was around the fourth century is what i saw that it was it was a monk who came up with them it was initially intended just for other monks as an encouragement of of you know these are things you should really avoid as far as you know devoting your life to christ these Mm -hmm. are these are things you need to avoid a student of the monk who initially wrote them took it and published it um, and it became a kind of a broader part of the Western church um, shortly thereafter. And so this is all, you know, 300, 400 AD, um, somewhere in that time frame is when all this was going on, when it was initially put out there. But it was, you know, like I said, it was, it was initially all about you know, helping you avoid things that are going to hurt your walk with Christ. Um, and then over time it morphed into this bigger thing of the the seven deadly sins. You know, it's amazing how, how some things like this are, are like the telephone game. When, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you said three, three to 400 years after Christ yeah. is gone, mm-hmm. right? And now you've got monks who, who love God, who are mm-hmm. really trying to do the right things, yeah. but they're going against what the Bible says, or they're not going against it, but they're changing or adding to it. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're taking... Yeah, it's kind of like if you if you read a devotional book or um, you know Christian authors uh, that are real popular today, um, you know Francis Chan, John Piper, uh, Louis Giglio, you know those kind of guys. Love all of those guys, mm-hmm. right? Um, they've got a lot of good content, but 
the way sometimes we treat the seven deadly sins, knowing that they came from monks, would be kind of like saying that the latest Louis Giglio book is the Bible. Right. And that's not the case. And and Louis Giglio would never say that either. Right. He, would, he would say, hey, this is commentary. This is my take, my experience. Just like we're doing now. Yeah. We're, we're doing our own commentary on right what we know of and our perspective and everything yeah, else. Yeah, we're telling our story yeah. um, as it applies to this stuff. And so... So yeah, but but it's become it's become that where it's like it's part of the biblical story. And it's, it's really not like mm-hmm. all of the seven deadly sins are in the Bible, but there's not a there's not a list that says these are the seven these are the seven things you have to avoid. You know, last week we talked about the Ten Commandments, and yeah, you know, that's a list of Ten Commandments that's very clear cut. These are things kind of the baseline of the law, but there's nothing like that for the, for the seven deadly sins that, that backs it up biblically. Right. Well, so we've talked about what they're not. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what the, what are the seven deadly sins, so yep. to speak, or is this an official list somewhere that you know of? Did you find anything on that? I didn't. I mean, this, this is the list that's, I guess has been confirmed by tradition that mm-hmm. was passed down. Um, but it's, that I guess that's as official as it gets. It's not a. Um, There's not stone tablets somewhere, yeah, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Except for the Ten Commandments, which could uh, kind of they go hand in hand. Yeah, they really do. So, so why don't we go ahead and, and list those uh, seven deadly sins for everybody? Yeah. So the the seven deadly sins are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, anger, and sloth or uh, laziness. So the, those are the seven things that that, that monk identified. He said these are the things that are going to hurt your walk with Christ the most. Well, now those tied in well together uh, from our talk last week yeah. uh, when we talked about um, what Jesus said when he came to fulfill the law, mm-hmm. uh, not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. Yep. Um, and he went into a lot of detail where Jesus said, "You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be sub- subject to judgment.'" But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Mm-hmm. So Jesus actually said, yeah, that's being angry is not a good thing. Right. He did the same thing with lust too, right? You know, yeah. the, the, the law says don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look upon a woman lustfully, that you've committed adultery with her in your heart. You know, and so, so lust is another one of those that you know, he took, he took the bar from the 10 commandments and raised it to, and, and that's where, that's where lust comes from off of this list. What about greed and, and pride? I, I know we talked a little bit about that in different forms last week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with pride, um, you can kind of tie it into, uh, the very first, of the 10 commandments of having no other gods, but before God himself, you know, if, if you're, if you're prideful, then you're putting yourself on that pedestal. Um, and, and you're, you're kind of taking his place. So that's, that's definitely tied right in there. Greed, um, talked about, you know, the importance of not coveting and not, um, allowing that to influence how you interact and view other people and, and not letting it be the, not letting your desire for a thing be the driving force, you know, good to have goals, good to set your eyes on things and, and have targets and whatnot. But, when that becomes the only thing that you're worried about and uh, the only thing you're consumed with, then then it's not good. And so that's, that ties in directly with greed right there. I'm glad that you reminded us that it was good to set goals and, and, and go for things. Um, Mm -hmm. Pride and greed are things that I actually struggle with a little bit because I do a lot of different things, Hmm. multiple things that I do that I Mm -hmm. enjoy doing. Right. And, and I'm good at them. Yeah. Um, 
I could let my pride just go crazy in that. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I also acknowledge that I didn't do anything for all of that. Mm. Right. I, I we've, we've talked about it before this business, this balloon business that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I did absolutely nothing for it. This is one that <laughs> fell in my lap and, and God said, here you go. It was as easy as that. It was a no brainer, mm-hmm. um, 10 years ago. So, wow, actually 10 years ago this month. How cool. Huh. Um, how about that? So, you know, playing the drums in different bands. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Am I the best? Absolutely not. <laughs> but when people compliment my playing um, or anything that I do, I pride can certainly start creeping in there. Sure. Um, and then greed, I work hard on my business and I mm-hmm. want to build it up and yeah. I want to keep it growing. And, you know, that's where greed can sneak in and, and it's never enough. And right. I've got to really make sure that I put that in check. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the interesting things with greed is that it can really sneak up on you, you know, on, on the kind of the climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, you know, there, everybody always wants to talk about, well, if I just had one more raise, it'd be great. If I just had one more raise or one more promotion or whatever, and having that mindset, you're you're never satisfied. It's never enough. And, uh, you could, you know, somebody could give you a half million dollar a year job and, you would find a way for it to not be enough. Right. Um, if you're, if, if greed is something that you struggle with and, and I think to some degree, all of us struggle with most of the things on this. Oh, list. absolutely. So there, there's a, there's a little bit of that in, in fact, in, in Galatians, uh, five, Paul talks about that a little bit that that's, you know, we, we all have that sinful desire inside of us. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we can get that dopamine hit from just about all of these yeah. seven and, you know, even sloth, I, I love a lazy day. Um, I love not having to do anything. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with a lazy day, no. right? Like the, you know, what, one of the 10 commandments to be fair was respect the Sabbath. Right. That's right. Um, and, and that was all about rest. That's so right. rest is not a bad thing. Hey, but God rested on the seventh day, right? <laughs> that's we all right. have to rest. That's right. So going along with these seven, uh, what would the opposite of the seven deadly sins be? Yeah, so the, so the opposite is there's a there's another list floating out there that um, I guess kind of counteracts these things that are in good encouragement for us: um, humility, charity, chastity, and gratitude, temperance, patience, and diligence. Each of these kind of I guess balances out, so to speak, one of the seven deadly sins, and these are considered the seven virtues, things that'll help promote our our faith in Christ and and our relationship with Christ. So these are again. These are virtues that are great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we all need to have. Uh, I think you know every bit of this. Yeah, but it's still not completely biblical, right? Right. Yeah. Like every, everything in here is biblical. Like the everything on the list is biblical, right. but it's not the. This isn't a list you're going to find somewhere in the Bible, right? Yeah, um, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're not going to see this. The seven deadly sins and the seven virtues. But it is all good things to practice. Um, sure. You know, everybody could use uh, probably a little more diligence in their life, um, <laughs> and uh, and a little more humility. But but that's not th- those aren't the big seven, so to right. speak. That that's not out there. Um, but funny enough, you know, we have the seven deadly sins and these seven virtues, but um, that aren't really listed in the Bible. But we do have a list from Paul in Galatians five that says, you know, Hey, these are some things you should probably avoid. And then we have the fruit of the spirit of this is, this is what it looks like when you're not doing those things. Yeah. And I love that they're actually together in the same, they're in the same book, same chapter. They're only a few verses apart from each other. Yeah. 
this is a really good comprehensive list of things that we need to strive for and we need mm-hmm. to, to turn away from. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I'll read it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, um, so this is in Galatians 5. Verse 19 uh, starts out with uh, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we just said that the seven deadly sins are not if you commit these, you're going to go to hell. Right. So what does Paul mean when he says those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God? So um, inheriting the kingdom of God is about a whole lot more than just going to heaven. So so going to heaven is tied to your salvation, uh, which is accepting Christ. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on the podcast. But um, but inheriting the kingdom of God means really living in God's kingdom today. So like being able to, and I'm trying to think of a, of a good way to explain that, but basically we get to... Um, I put him on the spot, y'all. Yeah, He's no, doing it's great. all good. It's all good. It's a good. It's a good test. Um, it's 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 getting to live like a, a little bit, like a little taste of heaven. Inheriting the kingdom of God on earth is like having a little taste of heaven. That that we've got a good relationship with God. That we uh, have good fellowship with other believers. That that and and all of that. And so, um, so when he says you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, it says if you do these things, then you're not going to have a good relationship with God. It's it's going to be broken. You're not going to have good relationship with other people. Um, it, you're not going to get that little taste of heaven like you could. Right. Before Christ, nine, ten years ago, I know mm. I've said it a, a lot. I forget how long ago uh, entirely it's been, but before I started changing my life, before God started changing my life, I probably went through every bit of these. Mm. Um, and my life now is so much better, so mm-hmm. much simpler so much more fulfilling yeah i i have more fun now than i ever have and i know we've said that before so i can see what you mean by that Mm -hmm. what what you mean by um living a life for god avoiding Mm -hmm. these things that he talks about in here having all of these things in my life made my life so difficult so much (laughs) drama so much nonsense right um so many times I probably should have died. So many times mm. that that life was just going downhill quick. Yeah. Um, and had I kept on that path, um, I don't know if I would be here today. So mm. so I could I can say that uh, life is so much better avoiding this and building a relationship with God. So with that being said, Matt, verse twenty two, what are the fruit of the spirits? Yeah, so um, so right after that, Paul lists out the fruit of the Spirit, and he says they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and the law is not against such things, and it, it's kind of the antidote for for all of that, and and the way that God has called us to live. He calls us to love one another and to to have joy and peace and um, and everything there, and it's it's. You know, if you if you've 
lived both ways, um, so to speak. And, and, and all of us have, right. All of us, all of us have sinful nature and, um, sin's fun (laughs) until it's not until it's not, um, (laughs) which in the end, it almost never is. Um, yeah, really isn't. But when we live by the fruit of the spirit, you can, I, I, okay. I'll just, I'll just speak for me. When I am intentional about, you know, loving on other people or, or showing patience or living in joy and that kind of stuff, Life is just so much better. Like you said, it's simpler mm-hmm. um, because I'm focused on stuff that matters and all of the other distractions and all the other things that come with those sinful lifestyle things that he listed at first, they're, they're just not there. Yeah. Life's just better that way. Yeah. You uh, can speak for both of us because that's exactly right. Yeah. Life, life's just better that way. That's that. I think that's the only way I can say it. Life's just better that way. That There is nothing wrong with saying it that way. So... You know, I, I've heard it said that there are unforgivable sins. Mm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, growing up, I related the quote unquote, the unforgivable sins to the, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. yeah. Um, but having built a relationship with God, having learned more about him, having studied the Bible, mm-hmm. um, I've learned that there is really only one unforgivable yeah. sin. Would you agree? What, what would that be? Yeah. The, the only unforgivable sin is rejecting Jesus. You've got your whole life from, you know, from the time that you can kind of understand who Jesus is to the time you're on your deathbed to make that decision. If you choose to accept him and follow him, then you've got it. You, you have not done the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if you don't, that's the one thing that that's the one. Everything else could be forgiven. You could have, you know, killed somebody. You could have, um, you know, looking at the seven deadly sins, you could have been prideful. It's a good thing uh, uh, gluttony is not one of the uh, seven deadly sins because I'm a good Baptist that uh, enjoys a good dinner on the grounds. We'd both be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if if we had to keep up with all those things, nobody would ever make it. That's right. Um, but, but, yeah, that's that's the one thing. Is, is if we don't accept Christ. That, yeah. That's it. And the fruit of the Spirit, if we can keep those in our lives, if we can abide by the fruit of the Spirit and keep moving forward with that, our life is going to be simpler. It's going to be more peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more fun, frankly. Yeah. It's just going to be a whole lot more fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, think about how much, just just relationships, relationships with other people, how much simpler they would be if everybody practiced patience and self-control and loving mm-hmm. on each other like just just a couple of them and and how much better your relationships would be and then you apply it to the rest of your life i mean it's yeah there's no doubt about it yeah no doubt about it and so now we're uh we're going to jump into our favorite part of the podcast cue the celebration music it's time for the outside looking inside looking out dun, 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 dun. at my own <laughs> celebration music <laughs> So I think I've been actually talking about the outside looking in perspective throughout. You know, I grew up with these beliefs that the seven deadly sins, uh, if you commit them, you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And at, at the time, um, that was probably accurate because I didn't have Christ. Mm. I didn't have a relationship. I hadn't accepted him yet. So yeah, I was going to go to hell because I hadn't. I didn't know who he was and I didn't accept him as my savior. Mm. Now I have accepted him. We are working on, I am working on building a relationship with him. I, I don't, I'm not great at it. I fail every day. Um, 
but I've got to get back on the horse and try again every time I fail. Um, I do commit many of the, um, again, quote unquote, seven deadly sins, Mm -hmm. but I know that my salvation is in Jesus now and he's going to forgive me Yeah, every time. And when I fail and I do, I just have to start over the minute I realize it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think inside looking out, you know, whether it's the 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 seven deadly sins as we talked about today, or or anything else, um, just encouragement to not let that be a distraction um, as as churchgoers and and as Christians. Um, you know, there it's it's I think it's easy sometimes to highlight um, the stuff that maybe we don't struggle with as much, or if we can pick out seven, like, Oh, why, why don't do those seven things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, you know, if we focus on the stuff that we're not doing, we're missing the, the joy, uh, being a Christian, which is the relationship we get with God. And so, um, just encouragement to live by the fruit of the spirit, to use that, to build up your relationship with God. Um, and, see how much better life is. And it's not that life is necessarily easier. Um, it's, you know, we, we still, we still have life to deal with. We still, you know, we are still sinful. We still got sinful people around us Man, life is so much better when, when we do it his way. And so just, just encouragement to not, you know, not, not focus on the negative side of this stuff, but really focus on, on living by the fruit of the spirit and the way God called us to. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, before God, I, I, I had no hope. Hmm. Um, I was only doing what I knew at the time. And I didn't know where, where I was going to be beheaded. So it, it's really not difficult to do a little bit of looking around and, and, and see what God has to offer. Mm-hmm. And then just take the free gift. It's not hard. Right. Right. I mean, and that's that's the beauty of it is that it truly is a free gift. You know, the... Um, what we're called to do is is believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died and rose again, and then confess him as Lord. And the confess him as Lord part is that that's the challenging part of it. You know, historically we can prove that Jesus was here, that he lived a perfect life. We've got all this documentation. There's a lot of records of people seeing him after his death um, as well. Um, caught, captured in the Bible and people wrote about it outside of the Bible too. Um you know, so, you know, believing he's the son of God may be a challenge there, but, um, you know, but then calling him Lord, I mean, it, do, do what he says, you know, live life like, like he called us to live it. And it's not that we have to be perfect, but just commit to it. Just mm-hmm. commit to him. It's a free gift. And, and it, yeah, I want everybody to experience that. And that's that, I mean, that's why we're here. Well, I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't know that now for people who don't know him, uh, yeah, it might be challenging to believe or understand that he's the son of God. Sure. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But if you're saved and if you have experienced him in your life and you've seen the things that he's done, mm-hmm. it is not difficult at all. Oh, and, yeah. and I bet even as even if you don't currently know him, he does still know you mm-hmm. and he is still working. You're just not slowing down enough to pay attention. <laughs> right. I, I can I can look back on my life now and see uh, a hundred different ways that mm-hmm. that he was working in my life and I just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. So slow down, look around and, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll be able to see where he's working in your life too. Yeah. And, and if you are a Christian and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this. I encourage you to really think back to your story. Think, think about your story and how you ended up where you are. Um, and 
look at the crazy things that had to happen or look at, you know, how somebody was there just in the nick of time, just when you needed them. Tell me that you struggle with who Jesus is, that he's the son of God. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever your, whatever your story is, you've got one, whatever it is, it's a miracle. And, and it, and everything had to work together. It's that, that Romans eight twenty eight uh, mindset, right? That everything works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that's, that's what it's all about. Yep. Exactly right. Well, Matt, I think that's probably going to do it for us today, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's good, good conversation. Yeah, we, I enjoyed this very much. Uh, um, I, I like uh, going over these things and, and kind of uh, going through them and seeing how they're not um, necessarily in the Bible and hopefully shedding some light on some things. You know, if you guys have any questions for us, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at info at simplifyjesus.com. Also find us all over social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, got a little bit going on YouTube as well. Um, if you have trouble finding anything, uh, hit up our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. Thanks, everybody. Y'all take care.